James realized not all soup is pioneer soup the other day. What? So, I like soup a lot. He always says he does not like soup that much. And then I made chicken tortilla soup the other night. And he's like, oh, I forgot soup can have like a specific flavor goal, essentially. He thought all soup was just where you threw... Not, like, he knows there's other soups, but when he thinks of soup, he thinks of soup as... You throw, like, all your leftover vegetables and meats and such into a pot and just sort of let it stew. Ew. No. <laughs> and I was like, no, soup can definitely have a goal. He was yeah, but I don't, I like, he, like, forgot about that. Like, literally forgot that that's an option. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, I was like, so can I make chicken tortilla soup more often? And he's like, yes. And I was like, good. I love that soup. So <laughs> Yeah, chicken tortilla is really good. And it's just, that means I can have soup more because he never never ever wants me to make soup the guy likes curry yeah and like thai curry is just soup <laughs> that you eat with rice mm-hmm. so i don't i don't get it but hey i'm allowed to make chicken tortilla soup more often so i'm okay with that great thing i figured that out as it's becoming summer <laughs> yeah great timing yeah we got back from florida it was raining, like, the whole time, and I think driving through all those states, me and Drew realized that St. Louis isn't that bad. hmm Because we were, literally just drove through so many dumpy towns, and I was like, is this what other people, like, look at every day, and they're just fine with it? There's nothing like driving through other towns to realize your town's not that bad. Well, it's, like, even the surrounding towns, like, even when you drive through, like, the middle of nowhere, like, mm-hmm. you'll pass, like, cute little older towns in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in Missouri and even up north isn't I think just down south is dumpy they just haven't had money to maintain cute towns we'll throw your trash away that one I get well because it's just like these old buildings <laughs> that everybody just dumps crap in or mm-hmm. like just doesn't even try and take care of it's like well because I was even saying that I was like you can be like you know we're not rich people but we still take care of our yard Mm-hmm. And, like, make our yard look nice. You know, it's like, I don't... Get you a pair we of don't... scissors and trim up your bush or something. I don't know. It's true. Or just take it out. Sometimes that looks nicer than having a Well, that's, like, a lot of stuff we bush. passed. We were just, like, driving through stuff, and I was like, just take your... Like, mow your yard. Mm-hmm. And it would look like a better part of town immediately. And I don't even know if we were driving through poor towns for the most part. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't want to live down there. The only place we still would rather live is here in Nashville, and that's it. In, like, Nashville suburbs, not... Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, James and I haven't found a place where we, like, are gung-ho to live there instead of here. I know, because it's every time we go somewhere, we're like, yeah, wouldn't want to live here. For here, we're not... It's not even, um, because we like how it looks around here or something like that, we're like... We like the international food options, the fact that there's so many mm-hmm. international grocery stores, so many different cuisine options. Without... This is cool, and people yeah. don't think it is. Yeah, and I'm like, like we enjoyed eating the food options that were in like New York and Philadelphia, but we can get almost every single one of those options here. here. Yeah. Um. So like, why pay big money to live in a big city on the coast when I can get all of my fancy food options here? Like, we have one of the only Afghan restaurants. 
from far and wide. Like the only 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 other one that's even close to here is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think it's only like one there. Yeah, they're not like we we have like most food. <laughs> yeah, and there's enough stuff to do around here. It'd be nice to go to the beach, but also mosquitoes and um, mm-hmm. alligators and sharks and well, we have mosquitoes here, crabs and snakes. I think my and like, lizards. My one complaint about St. Louis is there's nothing else close to it to do. Well, I like road trips, so there's things that are close enough for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I want things I can do that day. Like I can't drive to another city today and have a good fun time in another city. And make it back. Well, here's the thing. If we get a house soon, I will be going and just driving down to Nashville, which is five hours away, getting a dog and coming back. Yeah. That's a doable thing to do, but you can't, like, do a whole activity. Getting a dog. Can't go there for dinner. You could. Get back real late. You could still do it. Yeah. But it's just, it's just not the same thing. It's like when I lived in New Jersey and everything was so close. There's so many new things to do so close. Yeah, but New Jersey's two feet long. It's true, it is. And I sort of liked that. I could not. Everybody hates New Jersey and I don't blame them. I want to pump my own freaking gas. I loved and not I having to get out of the car. Tip you. I will not freaking tip you. I didn't tip any of them. For doing the easiest job I don't think I was world. supposed to. Everyone like, told I me I wasn't know. supposed to. I think everybody's just mean. I and I, I am I too, because I just said I want to tip you, so. Um, yeah, but the beach was nice. I didn't get attacked by a shark. Did you get in the water at all? Um, yes. And <laughs> I only got up to, like, my half, half my calf. But the water did get higher. Because there was it was windy and stormy, so there were some bigger waves. Mm-hmm. People were out surfing. It was fun to watch them. That's I fun. was literally telling Drew, I was like, they should be doing this and not this and this and this. And he was like... Looking at me like, and I was like, I've seen Surf's Up and Chasing Mavericks, so thank you very much. I think I know I watched what I'm a movie about. about surfing penguins, so I well, know Well, first how of all, surf. there's pro-Australian surfers in there, and they're not just talking out of their butt. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> but I was like, Gosh, well, I love that movie. Well, it's like, I've watched, I watched so many surfing movies that are all based on, you know, like, real events, because mm-hmm. you don't, I don't think it's, no one wants to make a fake surfing movie, because they're not that interesting. But, like, I've watched a bunch of those, and I watch a lot of ocean shows. Just, I don't know why. I like the I have ocean. seen a it's lot pretty. of surfers that yeah. just don't seem to quite be able to read waves. No. It's, like, not that I'm saying I'm a professional at reading waves, but they also definitely are not professionals at but reading like waves. But, like, they weren't paddling right. They I don't know how like to tell that. They weren't with the wave. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They were just making it harder than they needed to. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a pro, so, you know. But yeah, it was fun. We got to watch some people surf on some biggish waves, biggish for Florida, at least. Well, especially since you're on the Gulf. Yeah. That's, there's, that's not known for waves. I know, I thought it was nice. We only got waves because it was stormy. Mm-hmm. But it was a nice time. That's good. We got to lay on the beach for a little bit and soak in the sun for a couple hours. And... Buy a bunch of souvenirs and eat a bunch of seafood. Um, we pretty much only ate crab and shrimp the whole entire time. That is not a crab portion of the world. No, but I wanted it. <laughs> and it was there. And that's what I got. And I had red snapper on my last night. So How'd you like that? I like snapper. 
And like, I know you're not that big into fish. I don't like fish unless I'm there. That's fair. Because they're fresh caught. Mm-hmm. Well, at least that's what the restaurant claims, and I don't believe them. Maybe I shouldn't, but I do. Um, but yeah, I like Red Snapper because the last time we went to Florida, we did like a charter fishing boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were out fishing all day long, and then every all the stuff that you catch gets split up between everybody that's on it. Yeah. And so we got a bunch of Red Snapper to take home and eat that night, and it was really good. And you so knew I told that Drew, one was fresh, yeah. so. Well, I told Drew, I was like, I really want to have Red Snapper while we're here, because that'll bring back, like, good Florida memories. Mm-hmm. So, it was a good trip. Nice to get away. Wasn't long enough. And so on our way back, I decided that anytime I get the opportunity to travel anywhere, I'm going to. Because I'm young, and I deserve it. I mean, that's that's why half the reason I said yes to going to Virginia for the whole summer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the, listen, it's gonna, there's going to be fewer and fewer summers where I can just be gone for the whole yeah. summer. Like, I have very minimal responsibilities in my life right now. <laughs> well, because I want to take another um, Florida, maybe Nashville trip in August. And mm-hmm. I think me and Corey will go and do that. Well, now you can come out to Virginia. Yeah. See me. For funsies. Yeah. Let me get established, see if there's anything fun to do nearby. I'll be near Richmond. Yeah. Gotta get all these pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Like, the more I talk about it, because, like, this morning I was just sad about, like, going away again. And I'm like, yes! I get to go somewhere again. <laughs> Especially after this last year, I just, like, doing so little because of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this... What, after, with this trip, I was, like, I didn't know if I wanted to go or not because I was, like, well, then I'm going to miss, like, a whole week of, like, making good money at work. Mm-hmm. But then I was there and, and coming back and then, like, having to work literally the day after we got back and then the day after that, too. I was just, like, yeah, I'm going to take any break that I can because oh, yeah. me going and enjoying my life is way more important than me sitting, standing in a bar in the middle of the mm-hmm. afternoon. Like, it is... <laughs> And these last two days were so freaking slow when I was there, too. That's why I was like, why am I here? Why am I literally, why why am I here? I'm wasting my time. Yeah, because they're open Mondays now, and they've also opened an hour earlier. Well, because I don't make money. I only make tips. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like, when it's slow, I literally just sit there, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm literally just wasting my life away. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Whatever. It'll it'll feel better once you (sighs) finally get a house and can start doing productive things on the house. Yeah. Because I think that's part of my problem. It's like I've come to like we've improved the apartment as much as we can, and now I need like a new thing. <laughs> I know it's like my only hobby is doing this podcast. Other than mm-hmm. that, I work, and that's literally all I yeah. do. I work pretty much every single day, and then the days I'm not working, I'm doing laundry and running errands. Mm-hmm. So I don't even get a break on the days that I'm not working. Yeah. But I think whenever we get a house, well, because right now I'm just, like, stressed out, too, about school and trying to buy a house and then working a whole bunch and feeling like, because, like, I'm making money, but, like, I don't even spend it. It's literally just in my account. Because it has to sit there so you can get a better. Well, not even that. It's like I don't want to spend money on anything because I want to have money in case for the house. 
Well, yeah, because, like, like for so example... So, I think if we do get a house and I can start using the money that I've been working hard to mm-hmm. make, then I'll feel better about oh, exactly. being at that's, work. Exactly. And... That's why it's, like, it's, like, not that having a house will have less stress, but the stress will be... You'll have an outlet for it mm-hmm. then, because you can put that stress into painting and into ripping like, out the at wallpaper. At least I'll be at work and I'll be like, well, I'm here working because then we can buy, you know, this, or then we can yeah, update you have Yeah, you can have goals the... now yeah. that aren't just... You know. I'm gonna go buy a new Louis Vuitton. Yeah, that's, that's what th- I could do right now, but I'm not. Less rewarding, I think, <laughs> than than being able to fix up a home. It makes my outfit look cute. But it's like one of the things, you, like, <laughs> if you were to get the house you just bid on, you have need to get a new stove and you need to get a washer mm-hmm. and dryer set. Like yeah, that's. I think a fridge. I think they're taking the. Does fridge. the fridge not stay? I thought everything was already removed. That's a weird thing to leave there. I don't. I need to go through the thing and read. Yeah. But either way, it's like you have to buy all these appliances, so it's good to have that money sitting there for you. (sighs) Yep. I'm just ready for vacation. That's what I told told James. I'm yawning today. told James, it's like, if we ever want to get a head start on buying things, we can just uh, just store them in in Audrey and Drew's basement, because they'll for sure have a house before we bother to, like, start buying anything. We'll just put our... You're like, ah, yeah, we bought a dryer. We're going to store it in your basement until we buy a house. <laughs> True. <laughs> I was like, you don't have enough stuff to fill that space. <laughs> okay. So I wrote this out, like, all cryptic on accident and then forgot to, like, change it later. Like, the title. So I forget where I am. <laughs> wow. I think it's I think it's the um, Maribel Caves Hotel. Yeah, that's it. I wrote it, the haunting at the charney marable caves but there's no haunting in the caves so that's wrong (laughs) um my sources are wikipedia haunted rooms america the march 17th 2016 throwback thursday from the today network wisconsin okay (laughs) um a man named nicholas oswald from the Manitowoc County Historical Society, who's quoted in a number of web pages, so I figured it'd just be easier to quote him than the web pages. <laughs> um, Brightfind.com and only in your state. Only in your state. I don't I, think I used that one this time. I, I struggled so much to find like adequate background information on this hotel that I had to use like actual research sources. <laughs> That's why not all of them are just websites. Yeah. Because, um, like, there's there has to be more on this little... Because they just, like... And then they built it, and now it's haunted. And I'm like, I feel like there's there has to be more in between. <laughs> there was. I found it. So there's a little more to fill it in now. Anyway. So the hotel is located at the Charney Mirable Cave System, which includes seven caves that are on a cliff parallel with the West Twin River in Wisconsin. It's a little southeast of Green Bay. Um, the caves are on a, like, a separate property, technically, but the reason the hotel is there beca- is because of these caves. Mm-hmm. So the caves are first recorded in 1892 as being there and having springs in them. Because everybody loves springs. Uh, the property was sold in 1900 to Charles Steinbacher, who intended to make the location a tourist destination for the caves and then, more notably, the water. These people love traveling to remote locations for water. Um, 
and people in the area were already coming there to partake in the springs anyway, so yeah. it wasn't, like, a crazy thing to do. You just wanted to monetize it. Sounds familiar. <laughs> All these... Half the hotels we've covered have been spring hotels. I know. Like, goodness gracious. Well, because they're so old. Yeah, so well, like, the options are what? Haunted. Or tuberculosis... Central City Hotels, Tuberculosis Hotels, Springwater Hotels, or Railroad railroad Hotels. What are o- other old hotels are there? Like, just ritzy ones. By I people guess. who weren't allowed into the other hotels because of their clothing. Yeah, that one was hilarious. <laughs> I want to know what he was wearing, because, like, he was a rich guy, obviously. I have to assume so he was, like, was he, he wearing logging clothes? I think and so. And came in and was like, alright. That's what I'd have to And assume. they were like, uh, sir, I don't know who you think you are, but you don't have the money to be here. <laughs> He's like, I literally have the money to build my own hotel, but okay. Oh, Joke's on you. Anyway, the Mirabel Caves Hotel was built using limestone blocks and was made to resemble a castle, but honest to goodness, ended up looking more like a fort. (laughs) (laughs) Seems about right. It's not, it's not, it's a, it's a neat looking building, but not very friendly. (laughs) We don't have castles in America for a reason. We don't know how to build them. And then it was... Like rough hewn stone, not yeah. like it's not like smooth mason stone. Yeah, it's just no. like random stacked blocks. <laughs> so it doesn't doesn't look necessarily very refined. Yeah, it's not not ugly though. It looked like a nineteen hundreds nicer hotel that you would go to a spring for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the caves, Spring Cave, is um. I wouldn't actually consider it a cave. I would consider it the weird little outlet in the rock where the water comes out because you can't actually go in it it literally just lets the water out <laughs> but that's the spring that they use for the water source the hotel so the spas come from that particular spring it's literally just a normal spring there's no mm-hmm. it's not this is not a mineral spring it's a spring <laughs> so Mirabel caves is opened as a health spa according to the original brochure uh the hotel was a destination for fine bathing boating and fishing um, they advertise the spa as a place where the tired and worn may be invigorated by the natural spring water. And eventually, the railroad is extended to the town of Mirabelle, which is right next to the hotel. So that was good for their business. And the water was so popular that they opened a bottling plant right next to the hotel, using the same spring for that, mm-hmm. um, to make soda water. And it was shipped off to restaurants and hotels in Milwaukee and Chicago. People, this is apparently tasty water, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like every hotel that operated during the early 1900s, gangsters obviously went there. Um, most notably, John Dillinger was said to have frequented there. And you'll never guess the other gangster who frequented there, Audrey. Al Chapone. Yes. <laughs> Al Capone. <laughs> is said to have gone there at least once. Um, yeah, so the the spa operate the hotel spa operated from nineteen hundred until the late nineteen twenties when it just sort of fizzled off. And closed. Mm-hmm. So in nineteen thirty one, the caves and hotel were bought by Adolf Cherney who turned the hotel into a tavern, and he and his family lived there. And so there's a lot of local legend surrounding this place, because obviously history is not easy to access, as I had to, like, actually dig to find some. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the story goes that his 
young daughter, Norma, died there mysteriously. Dun, dun, dun. So, so I looked this up because I like to at least make sure people were real. He did have a daughter named Norma. Um, she definitely died in her late 30s. <laughs> but it was technically during the period that the family still lived there. So she very well could have died there. Yeah. But she, And she technically died young, but she was not his young daughter, in, implying child. Um, and mysterious could be any number of illnesses or accidents. I didn't find a reason for her death. But she definitely died in the area. She's buried in a local cemetery, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to use a whole bunch of family search and find a grave to figure out mm-hmm. who she was, where she was, because I just needed a little bit more for the story. <laughs> In 1963, he sold the caves to Manitowoc County, and they've been a county park ever since. Um, I don't know when the tavern was left to the family or was sold or anything like that, because the tavern was the tavern hotel was not sold with the caves. Yeah. Um, but anyway, at least by 1981, they no longer own it because the hotel is reopened after being purchased by Jeff Miller. And then in 1985, the hotel had a fire, destroying the interior, and was closed shortly after. And that's when the paranormal happenings are reported to really have increased. Dun, dun, dun. You know. As they do. Yep. <laughs> um, but there are some small reports of ghostly happenings in the hotel before that. Yeah. But they weren't, like, you know, evil. They were just, like, yeah, normal. <laughs> Um, they, they don't know how the fire started, though, but considering the business was not going too well for Jeff Miller, it may have been, um, not so accidental. Uh, There's nothing that says that, other than the fact that they say they don't know what started the fire, but I'm assuming it's entirely possible that maybe insurance fraud. Or just they didn't try to put it out once it started. Could have been accidental, you just don't try. Both. Both is good. (laughs) Um... In 2013, the remnants of the building, for the most part, was destroyed by it. So it was, like, a whole standing building, just without, like, the insides and roof. Um, and then a tornado went through in 2013 and knocked down a lot of it. So it's just sort of like a sideways ruins bit now. There's really not much left anymore. But now, the spooky ruins are known as Hotel Hell. Okay. So there's so- nothing left standing there? No, there's still some building, but, like, it's, like, half of the building yeah, okay. is standing because the tornado knocked down the rest. Most of the uh, bottling plant is still there, though, but that's not really part of the story other than it existed. Yeah. Um, so, while operated by Miller, the hotel gained a reputation of being haunted by angry spirits. And he's the last per- Yeah, he's the last person to own it. So I don't know why that is, but that's when it gains its reputation for being a paranormal destination. Um, So the paranormal things that have been reported since the fire include the figure of a man continuously looming in various windows around the building, always facing out, so looking out the window at you. Yeah. Um, Cold hands pressing on your back when someone walks alone too near the ruins. Uh, Voices and shrieks that can be heard from the building's basement and nearby caves, but that could also just be people down there. (laughs) Yeah, or animals. Yeah, there's so many. I'm just never convinced by those. Um, 
Stones and objects have been reported moving around on their own. Um, floating objects have been reported. Apparitions have been seen, but nobody specifies of who or what or where or when or why or how. Mm -hmm. um, just general unsettling feelings. I, I think that's another proof of nothing. <laughs> Footsteps. And I like this one. It's a light that chases people when they get too close. <laughs> Me too. That's fun. I like that. Get out of here. And then there are some legends that surround the place. You know, like the good old fashioned, absolutely made up so that the thing just seems scarier to local children. Yeah. Um, so there's the story of a ghostly little girl, and she's the one who puts the cold hands on your back. And I think that's why they made up the Norma story. Because, like, the daughter Norma very well could have died there, and people just heard daughter and made her into a child. Yeah. Instead of actually doing their research or going to the local cemetery <laughs> and seeing that she was, like, 38 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's stories of books spontaneously combusting. I assume that's before the fire while the place okay. is still open. Um, I like this one. Bloody walls. <laughs> I don't know if that means they start oozing or people have just gone in there and they've been bloody. Because that might just mean vandalism or murder. So <laughs> Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I like this one. It's uh, that when the building burned, it killed everyone inside. And that the bones are still on the top story. And that's obviously a, a pre-tornado story. But yeah. I, I, I think you would have known in the news if everybody was killed in the building. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, and they don't usually, um, they usually retrieve bones. Yeah, they wouldn't just leave the charred remains. Yeah, the and I don't think there was a top story, because the interior was destroyed, so, like, they would have to be sitting along the rim of the upper, like, just the exterior oh God, walls. They were thrown on the roof. They're just, like, perfectly placed along the walls. Yeah. Um. Oh, hold on. We're not, there's some more. <laughs> Um, there's a coven of witches that used the empty building and managed to open a portal to hell. I'm here for it. In either the basement of the hotel or the fountain out front of the hotel, which is like a perfect round circle stone fountain that matches the facade Seems of the plausible. building. And I love that. And that's, that's where the, um, hotel hell story comes from is that this coven opened a portal to hell. <laughs> and then, oh, also Al Capone's ghost. Oh, yeah. Because he's th this is he wants everywhere he's ever definitely in. this is the the location he would choose to haunt out of all the places he've ever been, he's ever been. So, uh, Sue Cornelly, who is the husband of the grandson of Charles Steinbacher, the guy who built the hotel, um, said the only ghost her husband ever saw was his grandfather walking around in a one piece nightshirt. <laughs> And I don't know if that's, like, a joke, like, he was haunted by seeing his grandfather walking around in that. <laughs> like, like, he saw that and did, just was disturbed. As, like, in real <laughs> life, like, his horrified. actual grandfather was doing that and it was just, like, a little too much of grandpa's legs. Or if, or if he, like, genuinely saw his grandfather's ghost in a nightie. I don't know which one it is. That's so funny. But if it is, if it was the ghost version, it could be an explanation of the man who likes to loom in the windows. It's just... Charles Steinbacher walking around. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, she 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 made that comment to be like, no, the rest of your stuff is nonsense. Yes, 
Grandpa Steinbacher haunts it, but the rest of it's crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, the ruins are not part of the park that's next to it. They're on private property, so you can't just, like, go and play in them. Darn. I thought that would be a good uh, disclaimer to put in there since there is a park immediately next yeah. to it. Like, you can see it from the park. Where is the location again? <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, what? Mirabelle is the closest town, I think. Okay. Hold on. Trying to freaking stop making noise means we really gotta get new chairs mm-hmm. to record. We should do that soon if we have Friday. to do that. We'll see because now they've or changed over Friday night the stupid freaking date for work from Thursday to Friday. I'm gonna show up Thursday because I don't trust my boss um, to get the appropriate information and see if they're digging that day or not. I'll tell you. You'll find out. It'll be okay. Yeah. Or just come over Friday night. Mm hmm. We'll just go get chairs no yeah. matter what. But that's the story of the Mirabelle Caves Hotel. It's fun looking ruins. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Thank goodness gracious there's no history on it. I know. Um, I did a hotel too and it's kind of boring history. It's not fun like the other ones. There, there wasn't a party in every single room when it opened? No. Freaking. This is not a top hotel on my list, and I'll tell you that. I only go to party hotels. <laughs> um, so, I did a paranormal one, too. This is probably the first episode we're doing that doesn't have um, a full-on true crime story. Because there's one that I'm kind of covering, but just going to kind of read what happened, because I'm not going to go into depth about it. Um, because it didn't actually happen at the hotel. And I couldn't find any murders that actually happened at the hotel either, so. I'm How boring. <laughs> I know, well, I looked up, I was like, deaths at the hotel. True crime at this hotel. Wait. This, 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 there's this. no, like, big deaths or true crime or anything like that, how is it so haunted? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> so, I'm covering the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um... Let's see here. Okay, so my sources, thefisterhotel.com, wikipedia.com, mlb.com, jsonline.com, hauntedrooms.com, mkeghost.wordpress.com, um, <laughs> theactivetimes.com, and then strangespookyweird.com. So Strange spooky weird. I just wanted to make sure I got all of them that I got my stuff from. So, first we'll do the history, and so Guido Fister and his son Charles opened the Fister Hotel in 1893. It was one of the most lavish hotels of its time, featuring a Romanesque um, revival design, and it cost nearly $1 million to build. I should look up what that cost. And then money? Yeah. Be somewhere around 20, or no, somewhere around 30 million. Mine wouldn't like. work. Mine wasn't working right, so if that calculator's wrong, um, I looked it up, so don't blame it on me, because <laughs> I'm not good at math, and I would never try to do that in my head. Um, so anyway, it would have cost a lot of money today to build. When they opened, they featured groundbreaking innovations, including fireproofing, um, like the doors and stuff. Oh, finally! <laughs> um, electricity throughout the hotel and individual thermostat controls in every room. So that's, like, really fancy and ahead of its time. What number did you say? Uh, what? 30 million? Yeah, that's okay. what I got, too. Um, and then, let's see here. 
before his death in 1927, Charles Pfister entrusted the hotel to Ray Smith, who started as a bellhop at the hotel in 19, or not 19, 1896, and he began managing the place in 1911. And he lived in the American dream. I know, that's so cute. <laughs> I like that little, I found that on like a different website, and I was like, that's so cute, I need to put it in here. I forgot to look up what the hotel, like, what it includes, so I'm going to look up and see if it has a list of all the rooms that they have. Like, what fancy things yeah. can you expect there? The rooms look kind of fancy. <laughs> but, like, that's not, well, when you think of, like, the people that stay here, like, that's not, you're thinking but it's fancy. not. It looks like a casino. Amazing. It looks like a casino's. Um, hotel room. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the rooms are not as... Well, they have, like, fancier suites, but, like, the nicest part of the fancy suites are the bathrooms. Don't get me wrong, that's the thing I want to be nice is in a hotel room, mm-hmm. though. I want to experience that fancy bathroom life when I'm going to a nice place. Sophisticated accommodations is what they say. I know, I can't, I didn't find anywhere on their website if they had, like, ballrooms or, like, this or that. But, you know, whatever. Um, I don't think people really care about that other than me anyway. But they had cool stuff for the time. They were ahead of their time, that's for sure. And they were very fancy for their time. And they Um, were really proactive about fires. Yeah, this hotel didn't burn down, as far as I'm aware. That's crazy. Unlike I think the one almost that burned down three times. Every which one was Elms Hotel <laughs> near yep. Kansas City. Is that the one that did? I can't remember I which think one that it is was. The one that burned down. But yeah, three times. not like the hotel that literally just kept burning down. Um, Goodness. in 1962, movie theater operator Ben Marcus purchased the hotel at auction with the intentions of renovating the historic hotel back to its original beauty. And they added a new 23-story guest room tower as well when they, like, redid the whole thing. And let's see here. The hotel, um, it houses the largest Victorian art collection of any hotel in the world. And that's because it was all collected by Guido and Charles. Um, So you can, like, go and tour that and stuff, like, take a self-guided tour and... Or, like, a guided walking tour or something. You can also participate in afternoon tea. You, okay. Um, <laughs> so, their current president and CEO is um, third-generation Marcus, Greg Marcus, who, if you go to any of the Marcus theaters, which are still around today, he's the main... Wait, he's the he's the guy who does, like, that guy, weirdly personal, really cheesy, like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the really cheesy... Um, Took over all of our Warenberg, so we don't get to hear the Warenberg theme song anymore. I would rather hear Warenberg whispering in my ears, but, you know. (sighs) But it's nice to see that they're all still, like, taking care of it and, like, Mm -hmm. proud to be, you know, owners and everything. Um, So the hotel has had a number of famous guests, including multiple presidents, um, the Rolling Stones, which Greg Marcus said that Keith Richards had a refrigerator brought up in to his room, and Mick Jagger had a treadmill brought up to his room while they were staying there. Hmm. Um, And then it's had multiple, like, singers and actors, and 
Most famously, what this hotel is known for is the haunting stories told by Major League Baseball players. <laughs> so they've had a lot of but Major, only League, the Major baseball League Baseball players. players. <laughs> well, they say there's Major League like basketball players that stay there too, but there's no articles written about it like there are for the baseball players. Um, and then the only coolish thing that I could find about like a party or something is that there was an elephant in the lobby and a leopard in the ballroom during a fundraising dinner. For the zoo in the 50s. That's fun. So that's cool. But that's all I found. They didn't, like, they didn't do, like, a cool history of, like, the cool parties that they would have or, like, you know, lavish events and Which stuff Which is weird because, like, like, they existed during the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. They existed during, like, peak party history. I and know. then they don't do anything. In, in a town that's known for brewing. Uh-huh. Like. I know. And there's, like, rumors that the mafia and stuff stayed here and whatever, but I looked it up and couldn't find too much on that either, so... I found more mafia information from my tiny hotel than you did for yours then. (laughs) Well, because I looked it up and they were like, there was mafia in Milwaukee. Just not big names. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Cool. Um, So So Al Capone didn't stay here? I looked for more... Well, you know, he didn't tell me personally, so I don't know, but... I was disappointed on, like, the amount of history, but that's, like... Everywhere I looked had just, like, a little paragraph about who Mm -hmm. built it and then who bought it. And I don't want you to know, Audrey. You know what? Maybe tomorrow I'll do a deep dive and I'll find something. Who knows? I don't know. But now let's get on to the hauntings, because that's the meat of this story here. Um, So here's a quote from Steve Marcus, who is the son of Ben Marcus. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that Steve is the dad of Greg Marcus. Mm -hmm. Um, Or an uncle. They're related. Yeah. So he said, the hotel has ghosts, you know. I've never seen one myself. I hear about them every now and then from guests. No one has ever been attacked by these ghosts. That's all he says. <laughs> I just like he's like, there's ghosts here. I've never not seen any, and you. only the guests sometimes talk about it. Yeah. But there hasn't been like blood spilt, so it clearly is not that big of an issue. <laughs> well, another thing, like I looked up, I was like, if this place is so haunted, like what's the history behind that? And like, I, there's one thing that said there's been multiple deaths at the hotel. It's built on top of like but tuberculosis cemetery. It doesn't say who died. It doesn't... There's no... I couldn't find anything that mm-hmm. happened there. That's what I'm saying. <sighs> so, maybe it's just built with haunted materials. Who knows? So, the Fister Hotel has always been one of the nicest hotels in the Milwaukee area. Um, which is why a bunch of famous people stay there mm-hmm. when they're traveling through town. Um... And it's also known as one of the most haunted lodgings in the country. And some pe- see, people say, in the world. I wish I could have gotten that sentence out like a normal human, but, you know. Yeah. That's right. Let me fix this chair. It's worse every time I sit in it. Gosh, we can go today after this if you want. Uh, maybe. We're supposed to have that dinner at 5.30 oh, at Denny's. Ew. But maybe this will last long because I have to read all these quotes. Um, let's see here. So I'm going to have direct quotes that I'm just going to read off the website from um, the Major League Baseball players that have stayed there and encountered the hauntings. And then also an actor named Joey Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He's also, like, a singer and dancer. 
but I, the only thing I know him from is Melissa and Joey. Oh, it's, it's Joey? Yeah. Okay. I don't know him from anything else. Apparently no. he used to be on, like, Dancing with the Stars and stuff like that, but I just know him from that show. So, okay. Major League Baseball players and guests have reported a, a wide range of paranormal activity when they stayed in the hotel. Some things they reported experiencing were electrical anomalies with um, toys and appliances going crazy and object manipulations and also apparitions. Several guests have reported seeing the apparition of an elderly gentleman. Um, and a lot of people say that this is the spirit of Charles Fister walking the halls. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why it wouldn't be Guido. Maybe it looks like one of the two, and people just don't say that. But, I mean, they're both dead, so it could be either one. Um, guests have also reported, uh, moving tables. Don't like the idea of that. Yeah. (laughs) And knocking on doors, as well as a ghost man who has been seen wandering the halls walking his dog. I love that. So there's apparently a ghost dog at this hotel that you can see, which that's great. I will go just for that. (laughs) Um, Guests have seen lights moving through rooms, heard footsteps inside locked rooms, heard disembodied voices, and seen a ghost bride who, get this, died by falling down an elevator shaft. But you can't find any deaths having happened in the hotel? (laughs) No, I cannot. (laughs) But, you know, who doesn't love to fall down an elevator shaft at an old hotel, you know? So now I'm just going to cover the quotes from the Major League Baseball players and Joey Lawrence, because those are, like, some of the main people that I found Mm -hmm. had talked directly about it. Or should I cover the the true crime that I was going to cover? Whichever one you think goes best. I'll do the little um, true crime story first. I'm not going to cover a lot of it. I'm just going to kind of say what happened. Because <laughs> the, ta- the only thing I found with, like, murder or a true crime at the Fister Hotel was an article about Sean Ostrom, who was a chef at the Fister Hotel. And he was supposed to be, like, a really great guy and everybody loved him. And, um, he got stabbed to death outside of a tavern on Milwaukee's Lower East Side. Yeah. Um, I think it was in, like, 2017. And he, the only reason that he died, too, is because he was trying to intervene between this guy, Imed Chabu. I don't know how to say his name. He was arguing with his girlfriend, and he hit her, and, um, Sean, like, tried to intervene, mm-hmm. and then this Imed guy and one of his friends, like, started fighting him, and they stabbed him to death, but they both got charged with murder, so, um, you get what you deserve. Don't beat up a nice guy who's trying to make you stop beating up your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You're trash. Um... Okay, that's the sad little true crime, is that their chef died in a very sad way because he was trying to protect others, mm-hmm. so. And it's, gosh, it's the only death I can find mm-hmm. linked to this place on all of That's literally all I could the find. Internet. 
and it didn't even happen there, but I thought I should include it because it's sad and that that nice man deserves to be remembered for doing good, trying to do good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will cover Joey Lawrence's story first. He's in an episode of um, Celebrity Ghost Stories. Is he? Which I think is where they because get Because of like his experiences this. at the Fister. Mm-hmm. Which I think this is where they get this quote from. So, he said that he and his wife were awakened repeatedly... Why did I just say it like that? Repeatedly by lights and sound effects from several of their baby's toys, which um, unexplainably turned on in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he was woken up um, because the bathroom light was on. But neither him or his wife or the kid turned it on. Mm-hmm. So we got up to turn it off and saw that the baby's toys were on again. Um, like, being turned on right yeah. as he was, like, walking past them. And so he and his wife didn't get that much sleep that night. Um... So then in the morning, he packed up his family and... They went down to the front desk to check out and everything, and apparently the desk manager blamed the disturbance on the ghost of a pregnant bride who was murdered on her wedding night and supposedly haunts families with children who stay at the hotel because she wishes that she could have had a family of her own. Um, Why is it always a bride on a wedding night? Well, and then it, it gets even better because this worker apparently said that the guy who built the hotel forced his son, so Guido's forced Charles, Mm -hmm. into an arranged marriage. Okay. And that Charles killed his bride by throwing her down an elevator shaft. Now, also, I don't know why she was pregnant or how they would have known this. Why would they not? Again, I feel like that's something that would be in the news. (laughs) Where's the newspaper article? (laughs) Well, that's what I think is funny. It's like I read that article, and even in that article, they were like, there's no report of any of this ever happening, so I don't know why. So it's an urban legend someone so made up, because yeah, they didn't realize that people actually knew who built the hotel. <laughs> it's something, yeah. Like, this this worker's just making stuff up, but anyway, he stayed there a while ago, so that worker probably isn't there anymore. Um, Alright, moving on to the baseball players. So, Michael Young. Let's see here. Here's his quote. Listen, I'm not someone who spreads ghost stories, so if I'm telling you this happened, it happened. A couple of years ago, I was lying in bed after a night game, and I was out. My room was locked, but I heard these footsteps inside my room stomping around. I heard all these stories about this hotel, so I was wide awake at that point, and then I heard it again. Those footsteps on the floor, so I yelled out, Hey, make yourself at home. (laughs) Hang out. Have a seat. But do not wake me up, okay? After that, I didn't hear a thing for the rest of the night. I just let him know he was welcome, that we could be pals, <laughs> that he could <laughs> that he could marinate in there for as long as he needed to, just as long as he didn't wake me up. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Bryce Harper. Let's see here. Here's his quote. So it says, while staying at the Fister in 2012, Harper had laid out his shirt and pants on a table by the end of the bed before going to sleep for the night. 
He says, quote, when I woke up in the morning, I swear on everything. The clothes were on the floor and the table was on the opposite side of the room against the wall, Harper said. I was so flustered. <laughs> I honestly thought there might be someone in my room. I had no idea um, what just happened, so I actually looked around, and then I checked to see if the door was still latched, and it was. Mm -hmm. So that's creepy. I don't... <laughs> I was so flustered. I... <laughs> I just think it's funny that the ghost is like, get your clothes off that table, and I'm getting it away as far away from your dirty clothes Not as I can. Not use it that way. It's um... eating. <laughs> Let's see. Mike Cameron. Um, he never actually stayed at the hotel because he was scared away by all the ghost stories that he heard. And he says, quote, when somebody tells me when they wake up in the middle of the night out of the blue and you feel like somebody's in the room with them and the door's wide open, that's enough to start making different plans. <laughs> so he didn't stay there. Um... Carlos Gomez. Let's see what he said. He said that he has heard voices while staying in the Fister, which... Hold on. Oh, and he said... Because he stayed there, like, multiple times. Mm -hmm. And he said the worst happened when he got out of the shower one year and heard static playing on his iPod. So he grabbed the device, which then changed to another song. And he raced out of the room and into the lobby before Ew. putting his pants on. <laughs> um, so he said, I'm scared to go there. They should change the hotel. Everybody here doesn't like the hotel. <laughs> Why do they always put us in the same hotel when you can't sleep? Everything's scary. Everything in the hotel. <laughs> the paintings and pictures, it's a lot of old crazy stuff. No good, man. No good. <laughs> um... So funny. I love all these. These are really cracking me up. Throat is itchy. So, how do you say this name? J I dash M A N? Jiman? Jiman? J I dash M A N? Yeah. Jiman? Jiman Choi? Oh, whoa. G Man? Like G Man? I don't know. It's J I M A N. I don't know. I don't know the ethnic background to know which emphasis to put. I don't put. either. So, um, let's see here. So he said that he's seen ghosts before and said that he felt one his first night at the Fister when he was in town with the Angels in 2016. Um, he said his sleep wasn't good, though, because of the restless spirits and he said that he feels uncomfortable well no he said he feels comfortable when ghosts are present he says i was scared at first so i didn't want to open my eyes i dealt with that a lot more times Me. after that <laughs> so apparently he was first scared but now he's not and he said that Another time he was staying there, he was laying on his side and felt a spirit crawl up behind him to Ew. hug him. No. I hate the description mm -mm. of crawl up behind mm -mm -mm. him. That's disgusting. And then he said that another has whispered into his ear. I don't know why he feels comfortable with these spirits because they seem like some kind of predator. He just seems <laughs> comfortable with the concept of... He's like, he's, I, yeah, I've seen ghosts before. Like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, that's... Okay. 
um, scary. So here's Carlos Martinez and Marcel Ozuna, who were on the Cardinals in 2018. Um, I don't know if they still are. I think Carlos is, but... So they stayed there in 2018, and Martinez and Ozuna both claim to have seen a ghost, and he literally has, like, a video on Instagram here that you can watch, but he's speaking Spanish, so I I couldn't understand it, so I just read this little translation <laughs> under it. So it says, he was saying during the video, we are here in Milwaukee. Um, I just saw a ghost in Ozuna's room. He saw another one. Um, we are all here. We are all in... Francisco's room, I think it is. He said, we're all stuck here. We're going to sleep together. <laughs> if the ghost shows again, we are all going to fight together. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's funny. Um, there's so many. Probably all bunked up together. <laughs> he goes, I saw a ghost Absolutely in my room. not. Another guy's like, I saw one in my too. He goes, all right, we're going to someone else's room. And if we see another, we're all going to get up and fight him. Um, let's see. You think these guys make enough money to go just, like, stay in the Holiday Inn down the street if they wanted to? Because <laughs> the one guy's like, why do they always book us here? And he's like, why don't you book yourself somewhere else Because the other guy does. Uh, the one yeah, that like, one yeah, guy doesn't like, stay yeah, there. No, I don't. I go elsewhere. That's enough to make I, other plans. Done. <laughs> um, Clint Hurdle. He was a former Pirates manager. So not um, a player this time. Yeah, he said that he's never seen any ghosts, but he's had to deal with his players. Who has seen ghosts? He said, um, when the pirates were in town in 2016, um, he hadn't seen the ghost that everybody was freaking out about, but he had a player call him because a ghost turned on his TV twice in one night. (laughs) I, which, like, turning on the TV, our radio turns on by itself all the time, so I'd be like, turn off, turn off. That particular thing wouldn't bother me. Yeah. But especially since, like, I, I do believe there's there has to be, like, remote cross signals happening. There's yeah. no way there's, like, <clears throat> yeah that doesn't happen sometimes. But he said, quote, I actually had to come in, I actually had him come into my room, not to sleep. I settled him down, went back <laughs> to his room with him, sat for a while. The TV did not come back on. Um, he says, then I left and everything was okay. <laughs> And he said, it's real for some people. There's no doubt. (laughs) He said, I'm absolutely positive that I don't want to name names. He's still playing. So this guy didn't want to come forward. But he literally had to go to one of his players' rooms and calm him down because a TV had turned on twice. So that's funny. Um, Colby Lewis. Let's see. Um... I was like, we make fun of them all we want, but it's like, I'd be equally as scared. Like, I would react to all of it the <laughs> same way. <laughs> Doesn't make it any less funny. <laughs> so, apparently, Colby Lewis claimed to have seen a skeletal apparition around 1.30 a.m., and it scared him so bad that, um... What is this? It scared him so bad that he never went to, like, a radio appearance that he was supposed to go on to the next day. Um, I think he was literally too shaken from that night to, like, function normally. I mean, to be fair, I've never heard of the idea of a skeletal apparition happening. Yeah, if I saw that, I'd be like... that's a no. Because, like, that's... I'd literally just, like, be squinting my eyes and rubbing them and be like, am I high right now? Like, what? (laughs) Like, like, I don't even have, like, a good explanation for why, like, a skeletal skeletal, apparition would appear instead of, like, a full-bodied or just a shadow. Like, that's weird. 
Um, Adrian Beltre, 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 I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2001, he was staying there and he said that he heard knocking noises on his door um, while the television and air conditioning repeatedly turned on and off. Ew. <laughs> and he said that he heard pounding noises from the other side of his headboard, like a man hitting his open hand against the wood. Um, that's gross. Mm-mm. He also says that he felt ghost fingers trying to touch his head. Trying to touch his head? <laughs> I think it was kind of like little tippy taps. <laughs> um, and then the last one here. Um, what is this? So it says John Gray. And then it says, of course, on this... Um, website, uh, which is just MLB.com. It says, of course, we must end with Major League Baseball's resident ghost hunter. Gray became fascinated with the paranormal after he saw a ghost in his bedroom as a child. So in 2016, he got to live out a dream and investigate the fister. That's so funny, though. So, I didn't watch that video, but you can go watch that video if you'd like, and he gets to investigate... That's Goes adorable. The Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's about all I have on the Fisher Hotel. Um, so it seems to have no real reason to be haunted, and they only seem to bother baseball players. As far as I can tell, <laughs> if I could go to the library and look into old reports, maybe I could find something, but the information I have available, that's all I've got. It's really covered up if, if there is anything bad yeah. happening. Well, I like that one. All of I those like all the baseball stories. Personal accounts. Well, fight them together. It's <laughs> adorable. We are all sleeping in here tonight. In one bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so a lot of teams don't want to stay there anymore, and a lot of players won't stay there anymore, even though apparently they just keep getting scheduled to stay there. So that's all I've got on the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's a good one. <sighs> okay, like well... Personal stories are good. I know. I love to hear personal mm-hmm. quotes and everything. So, that's always nice to find them from reputable sources. Mm-hmm. Well, um, try not to kill anyone and don't mess with Ouija boards. Bye. Bye.